What's up, guys? Welcome back to Spill Mama, the podcast for all things mama. No matter what stage of motherhood you're in, we are here for you. I'm Taylor. And I'm Neil. (laughs) Obviously, this is not original recipe of Carly and I because this week my husband, Neil, has joined us to share the birth story Yeet. of our son Rhodes, our newest addition to the Smith family. You want to say, say hey? Hello, hello, hello. Um, so if you're new to the podcast, Neil and I have been married for nine years as of a couple weeks ago, which is crazy. Holy mackerel. Nine yeah. years? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, our anniversary was two weeks after our son was born, so we... We're like, we nailed that. Oh, happy anniversary. <laughs> Actually, I don't think we talked about it until my family group text people texted us. That's for like, sure what happened. Like, I had no idea it was that day. We were like, oh, happy anniversary. <laughs> we have a fun, we're planning on doing a fun trip with some friends next year to Jackson Hole for year 10. Which will more than make up for it financially, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so we've been married for nine years and now we have two kids. We have Sayla, who's three and a half, and now we have. Baby Rhodes, who's almost five weeks old. Um, he'll be way past five weeks old when this comes out. So um, we're going to share the birth story today, which is quite a wild ride. But talk, talk to me about how you're feeling from the past couple of weeks, because Rhodes is almost five weeks now. So what's your vibe? You feeling uh, rested? <laughs> not rested for sure, but... Um, We've both got our beer, and yes. we're... Just trying to. Both of our kids are asleep right now, which is a miracle. Absolutely a miracle. We were just talking the other night about how we only have thirty minutes at the end of each night mm-hmm. because the night should end at nine fifteen. Because if it doesn't, you're not sleeping more than three hours. So right. Um, so how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I mean, I don't know. I feel, feel like like this has been my like elevator speech for anybody who's asked how we're doing for the last couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. that's been the like. <clears throat> This time around, like, even though we didn't give birth to Sayla, like, going through that whole thing and at the age we were then and the experience that we had then versus now, the difference is, like, uh, I don't know, our expectations are more tempered. You know, we kind of know what we're getting into. So the things that used to make us, Mm -hmm. you know, jaw at each other now – Make us fall on the floor laughing. Like we, if you've listened to the podcast from the start, then Carly and I talk about how like, you know, middle of the night exhaustion, like whatever you say to each other in the middle of the night, like we just don't count it. Doesn't count. Doesn't matter. But that really has not been a problem for us except for like two nights so far, which we were like at each other's throats every night with Sayla, I feel like. Oh, for sure. I mean, it not every night, but definitely more than you would, or probably about what you would think for your first child if you're not people that love being awakened and it's like like even now with a newborn like when he is screaming does that hunger scream which is like just blood curdling like just goes down to your bones yeah i mean after a while it gets to you but it's not like i remember when sailor used to do that it would send me into like a full panic and now i'm just like you're you're fine you're hungry like we're gonna get some food to you like gonna be completely fine yeah so it's it's definitely different but we are more tired this round because we're older for sure. Like it's hitting, it's hitting different. <laughs> a real example is that I put him in the carrier today for the, the first baby. time. The Ergo baby. And uh, uh, let's just say your boy's back needs some work. 
Big time. I just am like not bouncing back as quickly as I was. And we are definitely more delirious, I would say. I mean, we. 100%. We, we just laugh all the time. We literally just laugh. And I have peed my pants several times from laughing. Yeah. We have like 43 inside jokes that we're working with right now that just constantly. <laughs> the magnificent. <laughs> magnificent. And Jada broke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. We're going to dive into the birth story. This is probably going to be a longer episode. Um, and I will give a little disclaimer and warning because, you know, we at Spill Mama, oh, I just noticed that picture is so crooked on, crooked on our wall. We got to fix that. Well, it is hung by a shoestring. Legitimately, <laughs> there's a shoestring behind it. That's what it's hanging on. We're in our guest room. I'm never in here. And I've just looked over and that's, that picture is so crooked. And we had people stay in this room last night. Good looking picture, though. Um, So uh, we love a disclaimer here at Spill Mama. And... This story does have some trauma and, you know, everyone feels differently about listening to stories like that. Before I gave birth, I got off TikTok. I was on Instagram a lot because I just could not take in any traumatic birth stories before I did it. It was stressing me out too much. So I will say the trauma comes after the actual birth and I will give another warning before we get into that part. Um, But if you don't want to listen to a traumatic birth story, then I would not listen to this or just peace out before we get to that part. Sign off. Sign off. Um, And I was induced and it was a long induction. And again, I know a lot of people like to like ask for positive induction stories. I would not classify this as a positive induction story because <laughs> it just, yeah. it, it was like every possible medical intervention that was needed was done. So um, if this is not going to encourage you before your induction, maybe just come back to it afterwards. So any warning that you would like to give? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I didn't get a warning. Why should I give one? <laughs> okay. So, right into that shit. <laughs> we're going to dive in. So first it should be noted that after the so the last episode that you guys just listened to the catch up with Carly and I, that was when David and River and Faye came over here and y'all were outside. Yes. Um. And so that night I actually ended up being hospitalized. Um. Because my blood pressure was really high, and so if you've been listening, you know that I have I had gestational hypertension. It's already like almost leveled out completely since giving birth, which is crazy. It's okay if you hit it. Just pull it back to where it was. Yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> Don't worry about me. <laughs> I do this all the time. Um, Carly said she could tell towards the end of us recording that I was feeling kind of off. And I don't know if you listen to it, if you can tell that I kind of check out towards the end, but I think that I do. I just felt weird. I felt like I had decreased fetal movement. I didn't feel like Rose was moving as much. So we won't go into like all the details of that night because the birth story is so long. But basically, Carly took my blood pressure and... Um, cause I had asked her to bring her cuff over to take a manual one on me. Cause you know, she's our, our nurse, our resident nurse and it was high. And so we ended up calling Megan Rowe, who's coming out, who's come on the podcast several times. Um, our resident L and D nurse and she recommended going in. We went in, Carly stayed here with Sayla. Um, Megan, mm-mm. Mm. Carly came, Carly stayed with Sayla until my mom got up here and, uh, we got to the hospital. My blood pressure was what? It was like 180 over 110. It was 183 over 122. Yeah, it was super high. Yeah, it was so fun. they ended up admitting me for two days and adjusting my meds. It was very emotional. I was 34 and some change, 34 weeks and some change. And the night that we got there, Dr. Darcy was like, 
we might be having a baby tomorrow. And 40 minutes after we rolled in there and went into the triage room, she was like, we might be having a baby tonight. And I was like, uh, cancel. No, we're not doing that tonight. So I was sobbing. We ended up having to get transferred down. We went to Patewood. We had to go to a different hospital because they don't take, like in case we delivered, I wasn't 35 weeks yet. They couldn't take us. So it was a whole thing. Ended up being fine. Got discharged. Um, but at that point, I was still doing biweekly appointments. So when I went in for my next appointment, they were like, hey, we're going to go ahead and schedule your induction, your induction for 37 weeks. Like, the baby's measuring big anyways. And at this point, it just, we feel better about having baby out than in because of blood pressure. Because you can get into preeclampsia, you can have seizures, all this crazy stuff. So I wasn't, like, crazy about being induced that early. But I also was just, like, really ready to be done with all that back and forth and it was a very stressful pregnancy so we set the induction for april 30th um so that sunday we went in neil's mom came up and stayed with sayla for the first part of it then my mom came and took over um so we went in at 5 p.m and having how did you feel about like knowing when we were going in to have the baby because you know normally it's like labor spontaneous I feel great about that i mean i that that part was awesome i mean for me, I mean, my work is, if I'm not working, I'm not getting paid. So being able to know exactly when yeah, I'm going lets me set myself up to succeed. And It was kind of nice to be like, we're, having, yeah. we're going to have a baby on Sunday. Yeah. It was packing. Nice. and It was strange for sure. It I mean, was weird to yeah. be like, okay, we're, we're leaving. And I don't know, just, and I mean, also like we haven't like done birth before we've had a baby Sayla, but we haven't like done the birth thing. So it's just weird. And it was just weird. Like having an expiration date for sure. Um, instead of just being like, Oh, it'll come sometime in the next month or two. I mean, no part of it was normal. Yeah. That's the, for sure. So we went in at 5 PM that Sunday and I don't think I was dilated or effaced or anything because of how long the induction took. I'd had a few minor contractions and a ton of Braxton Hicks, but I don't think that they were, like, productive or anything. So we started Cytotec, which is what you take to soften your cervix. cervix. I started that at 6 p.m., and I had that every four hours. Um, And that first night was pretty uneventful. Like, we just kind of— Wasn't a lot to it. Yeah, we just chilled. We brought our fire TV. We watched Marvel movies. Table was legit. Yeah, if you're local and you're delivering at Paywood, it's a spa. And we had, like— our room was like massive. massive. It was a palace. I mean, it was insane. It was, and it's like one of the better rooms. Apparently, they're not all like that. We had like a big birthing tub. I mean, it was huge. How many square feet do you think it was? I mean, 350, 400 square feet. It was, it was, massive. It was massive. It was huge. It was really nice. And the floor was like pretty empty. So it was really quiet. And we had like, I mean, the staff was amazing. Yeah. I mean, bigger than a typical hotel room, probably two hotel rooms. Yeah. Oh, big. easily. Yeah. Um, so, oh, tell them about your. Your bed setup that you had that everyone. I don't feel like this was incredible, but every nurse that came in was like. Every single person commented on it. Oh, my gosh. I I just took an air mattress Uh and I laid it on top of the couch couch they had. Yeah. But it was like stacked up high. Like you looked like you were. It looked amazing. I won't lie. It looked amazing. (laughs) But I don't know. If you fail to prepare, prepare to fail. That's right. Well, you when we were in the NICU with Sailor for so long, we learned some tricks Yes, for and it sure. was be we as comfortable that, as you can. Yes, be as comfortable as you can, and that 
comfortability is not it built into the hospital. You're going to have to no, bring it with no, you. No. So, And I had no idea how uncomfortable those beds were in L&D. The bed in on Mommy and Baby was very comfortable. But that bed that I was on was just like these awful cushions that are obviously because if you give, you know, you're giving birth on it. Yeah. So I, I slept terrible, but I think you, you slept did pretty say good. That. As soon as we got down to postpartum four, yeah. you were like, whoa, this is better. So I was taking the side attack. They started me on antibiotics because I was GBS strep, whatever, positive, which apparently is very common and isn't a big deal. But I had several rounds of antibiotics. And then I had my little signs everywhere for my malignant hypothermia risk because um, I have that Thompson's disease. They were hype about that. They were. They had signs everywhere that I could have malignant hypothermia if I have uh, general anesthesia. So the next morning, they checked me for the first time. I was two centimeters um, I was having really mild contractions every like one to four minutes. And so I was moving slower than they would have liked for no much? pain at all, though, right? No, no, no pain. Yeah. Um, so they decided they were going to place the Foley bulb, which I had talked to my friend Lisa, who had been induced like a month before me at 37 weeks, too. Um, and she had told me like, the worst part was the Foley bulb. It's she because I told her just hit me with all the induction stuff, and she was like, "The Foley bulb was awful, truly hell on earth." So then they were like, "We're gonna do the Foley bulb." I was like, "Great, let's do the Foley bulb." <laughs> so I, at that point, it had been you know eighteen ish hours of labor. So they told me, asked if I could take a shower. I took a shower, and then um, had that I, been eighteen hours already. No, that was five one, right? It had been a little over twelve. It had, eighteen hours was lunchtime that day, which is when they put the Foley bulb. Yeah, yeah. So they told me to eat a snack because I because you can't eat once you go into be induced. So I had eaten. We'd eaten five guys before we went to the hospital. So they told me I could eat a snack, and I took a shower. So I had some trail mix and stuff, and. <laughs> <laughs> so I showered. I bounced on the like birthing ball for a little bit, and then they placed the Foley bulb at twelve thirty-five. Which the placing of it wasn't comfortable. Also, the checks, the cervix, cervix checks. No one warned me about how painful those were. Those were no, no. Maria so did. Painful. Maria told you she did. Yes. Okay, that was so so yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. So they placed the Foley bulb. That was fine, and. Um, so that was in there. So when they place the Foley bulb in, if you don't know, it's just this little balloon that like helps dilate your cervix and it falls out at four centimeters. Or if you like pull on it, it will come out a little bit and they tape this string to your thigh where it like slowly kind of like pulls it out. Um, and it's also dripping out blood. Yeah. Yeah. So they put the Foley bulb in. And there's nothing there to catch it, which makes no sense to me, yeah. but I'm kept being like, can we like, why would they not put something there? <laughs> If water's leaking in your house, are you going to be like, oh, just, I guess we'll let it leak? Because I didn't have on underwear at that point, and I'm glad I didn't because it just would have gone everywhere. So they, once they put the Foley bulb in, they started Pitocin, too, and that sent me into instant crazy contractions. And, I mean, like, the first 10 minutes it was in, it wasn't comfortable, but then it went into, like, pain level, like, 7 or 8, I would say. For sure. Um. 
because I, I after like an hour, that's when I remember laying on my side and my contractions were so intense. I remember crying really hard and you were rubbing my back and and because you were, I was very much like I'm team. I'm gonna see how long I can go before I get an epidural. Yes, and you were very supportive of that. Yes, while also being like, hey, any point, get the freaking epidural. Do you want to get the epidural? <laughs> no, I was like, no, epidural's fine. Whatever you want to do. It's, yeah, yeah, let's get it. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> you were supportive though, but. So then at one point I was like, hey, I have to I have to go to the bathroom. So I got up and went into the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm like Neil said, I'm dripping blood everywhere. Yes. And I go to the bathroom and when I stand up, I'm like, I tell you, I'm like, I'm gonna throw up. And I had just eaten <laughs> all of that trail mix and snacks. At which point I said, I'm hot for you right now. <laughs> so I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw up. Um, just because I was in so much pain, and I like was standing up over the toilet, and it was just it was co- like it was coming up. I couldn't I could not turn around to get to the toilet fast enough, so I threw up in the sink in the bathroom. Yes, which was unfortunate. Very because I don't know how to say this without being disgusting. My food was not digested, nor your Advil or Tylenol, nor my Advil or Tylenol. So it all went in that sink, and so the nurse came back in, and Neil was like, so Neil comes in there and is the best and starts <laughs> cleaning up. There's blood all over the floor. He's cleaning up the blood. He's helping me get back to the bed. I'm feeling terrible. The nurse is like, well, go ahead and call for that epidural. And Neil's like, yeah. Yeah, let's get it rolling. <laughs> so, And so Neil told. I told the nurse, I was like, hey, you know, she threw up in the sink. And, of course, I don't know, our, our nurse during the day was – she was okay. Yeah. But we had amazing staff. There was just one or two nurses that yes. weren't like amazing. O- overwhelmingly five star yeah, experience yeah, yeah. at Paywood. But she was, <laughs> as soon as I said, hey, she threw up in the sink, she looked at Taylor and was like, hey, so you should throw up in the toilet. And I was <laughs> she's like, like, hey, if you're going to throw up again, could you try and do it in the toilet? And like, I was like, I didn't do it on purpose. What do you think? She's a freaking Neanderthal? <laughs> she's just raising a barn and BFE? Like, yeah. She couldn't. So, and then she saw it and was like, all right, well, I'll have somebody come clean that up. And I was like, okay. She said, this is not my job. And I was like, okay, great. And then we sat there for like 25 minutes and I was like, nobody's coming to clean this up. It doesn't feel like at least. And I just wasn't going to sit there with that. Yeah. Yeah. Neil gloved up and dug it out of the sink like a champ. Neil was... Neil was truly the MVP of the entire experience. He was... How am I the MVP? (laughs) That makes no sense. She's an idiot. She's so drunk, sorry. (laughs) She's the MVP, and I was the sixth man. You were amazing. You were incredibly supportive and, like, going above and beyond constantly. So so at that point, they came to get my epidural at 2.30, which was amazing. 10 out of 10 recommend. Epidural early and always. Shout out my blood. <laughs> it was so great. Um, I And I had like the perfect dose. The anesthesiologist who did it. it was amazing. He said he gave me the tall girl dose because I'm 5'9". Tall. And it was perfect because right at first it was like a little too much. My legs were totally numb. And then after it kind of settled, it was great. I could kind of move my legs a little bit and I could feel things, but I couldn't feel contractions um and oh shoot i totally lost my train of you were living large for sure I yeah mean, i mean it was like an instant i mean i was a different person instantly compared to when they have felt that foley bulb and 
Um, I never had to press the button to get more of it. Like it was just the disc that he gave was perfect. So yeah, and you know, another Pete shout out. You requested epidural, and then it was like twenty five minutes later. Oh yeah, it was really fast. Very fast. It was yeah. amazing. It was fast. Um, so let's see. Pitocin was at max level. Um, and then it was just kind of like waiting around all day. And then when our favorite nurse of the entire experience, shout Bailey, out Nurse Bailey. Bailey was amazing. I hope she listens to this in some way, shape, or form. She was, I mean, she was a great nurse. And she just, I mean, she just was so personable, but she wasn't like too much. Like she just was perfect. We love Bailey. Goat. The goat. So she came in and we still she, figured out what kind of car we're going to buy her. She, this was her second night on with us, right? Yes, yes. Correct. So she was on the night before as our second night. She came back and she was like, oh, girl. Because at this point, we'd, I'd been in labor for um, like 30, almost 30. No, I'd been in labor for 24 hours when she got there. A little over 24 hours. And she was like, oh, girl, we're going to get aggressive with this. And I said, Bailey, you do what you have to do, girl. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so she taped my Foley bulb, like more aggressively pulled it down my thigh a little bit um, just to help encourage it kind of pull out a little bit. And that helped a lot. And so she, I mean, she was she was night night shift, so she got there at seven, and by ten thirty, she she t- tugged on it and it popped out. So I was four centimeters. And Doctor Brody came in to break my water to see if that would help speed things up. And that was such an experience. Truly, <laughs> <laughs> truly, I was. I I'd never really thought about like, oh, how do they break your water? Because you know, it's like a lot of people have it broken. A lot of people it doesn't break on their own. And it's like a little crochet needle. Yeah, I mean, you just got to think about, like, if you had a balloon in front of you, how would you pop it? Yeah. Like, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, so he uh, broke my water, and it was an insane amount of water and fluid. Um, Like, he was like, I can't believe that they didn't classify you as hydro, poly, whatever. It's like when you have too much liquid, too much fluid, I mean. It was a fire hose. It was a lot. So... He broke my water. Um, that night wasn't like crazy exciting. Um, Bailey checked me in the middle of the night, and I think I'd gone up to like five centimeters or so. And she checked, and I still had a ton of water. I had another huge gush come out, and then Rhodes heads like Rhodes head settled down like lower. So the next morning, she before she left, she was like, "Hey, I think you should do the peanut ball." That is really going to kick things into high gear. And it did. And it did. I've, for and I, sure. I'd heard about the peanut ball, but I didn't know what it was. If you don't know, it literally looks like a giant, like an exercise ball, but it's shaped like a peanut. Yes, giant peanut. And you put it between your legs. It's huge. So you lay on your side, you put your legs around it, and it makes your whole body like five feet tall from this, like laying horizontally. And you do an hour on each side. I did it for four hours total. And it was so uncomfortable, but it took me from a five to an eight in like a couple hours. Um, so we did that and um oh, excuse me. I was ninety percent of face at station negative one, took a break from the peanut ball, we chilled. Um, the day shift nurse came back and checked me, and I was finally at ten centimeters. But I still was at Rhodes was still at station station zero, so I didn't know they need to. I didn't know anything about stations. They need to be at station positive two to come out. So we once we hit positive one, we started doing some practice pushes, which was uh, that to me was like it felt so surreal because at that point I'd been in labor for thirty six hours. No, I'm sorry. No, forty hours. Forty hours. Yeah. 
And even though I had the epidural, I just was tired. Like it was, it was a lot of back and forth and a lot of medicine, a lot of this and that. Like it just, my body was like tired. A lot um, of hurry up and wait too. Huh? A lot of hurry up and wait. Yeah. We watched a lot of Mar- Marvel movies, but. Yes. So we got to practice pushing and just felt surreal that we were like finally there and pushing was really hard with an epidural because you, I could, I couldn't feel contractions. I could feel pushing, but she was trying to describe pushing to me and it was such a weird sensation. It didn't seem hard to you though. You crushed it. I mean, once I got the hang of it, it was fine, but it was like at first when it was, I was going to do a practice push, I was like, this is bizarre. So we started pushing around two thirty, and, um, it was kind of hard at first, but then one of these nurses came in because my calves were laying in the stirrups and what was the game changer was that nurse who came in and turned the stirrups so that I was pushing my yeah. feet against them. Instead of letting it hit the bottom, like your knee pit, whatever that is. like Your, your knee pit. <laughs> armpit, knee pit, I don't know. <laughs> but having something to like bear down and push against was really helpful because Neil and the nurse were holding my <laughs> knees back. <laughs> Stop laughing so much. Neil and the nurse were holding my my legs up, but having those things like push down on made it way easier. Yes. So we pushed I pushed for like fifty minutes and um Neil watched the whole thing. I did. It, it, you have no choice. I don't know I don't know but why people say you were never opposed to watching it though. No, I wasn't ever, but like at the same time they're like, Are you gonna watch or you're not gonna what are you talking about? I mean, like, if you're going to be beside your wife, you're going to see what's happening down yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, your my knees were in my chest. Like, there's no way you don't see Yeah, they're behind your neck almost. I yeah. mean, like, <laughs> are you going to look at you and still not see your that's vagina? What you, that's what you'd have. You'd have to literally just, like, look at look at your face. Look at my face. Okay, so push for 50 minutes, and um, Baby Rhodes came out, and Dr. McClanahan, you, you just couldn't believe how soon they called her in. Like, you felt like it wasn't. Yeah, she was. I mean, we were we were sitting in there, and then we were like we were pushing, and then when Taylor would push, and she'd be pushing hard, and you could see his head, and then when she would stop pushing, his head would kind of like go back inside. Mm-hmm. And also, funny thing, he had so much hair that when <laughs> his head would go back inside, his hair was still sticking out, <laughs> which is insane. Me and the nurse were laughing at that, but yeah, I mean, it was like. I don't know. She got to the point where, like, I mean, like, he was, what's the definition of crowning? What is that? Like? When their head's coming through. Coming through. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess he was, like, I don't know. I describe it like this. Like, she was pushing, and his head was coming out, and then she would stop pushing, mm-hmm. and his, it would go back in, and you couldn't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. It got to the point where, like, you could barely see his head after she'd stop pushing, and they were like, get the doctor up here. And I was like, yo, this is way too soon. Old boy <laughs> is not coming out yet, I promise. And then... Our doctor, Dr. McClanahan, she's, I don't know, she's the best. I don't know how else to say it. She's, yeah. a, she's the goat. So she comes in, and as soon as she walks in the door, rips open her little pack of things she needs you know, to wear to mm-hmm. get the baby out, puts all that stuff on, puts the face shield in, and then the nurse steps out from like and the entire time Taylor and I kept on pushing. Yeah. And the nurse steps away, and McClanahan steps in, like puts her arms down there. And Taylor pushed, and then his head came out. Mm-hmm. And she, like, grabbed him by his neck. And then one more push, and he was here. And yeah. I was like, okay, this is why they do it for a living, not yeah. me. It but, also was wild to me how many people were in there. Like, the when we first started pushing, and it was or when I first started pushing, it was me and you and the nurse for, like, the first part of it. And the 50 minutes went by so fast. 
Oh like, yeah, I mean it was insane. It felt like we'd been pushing. It felt like we pushed six times. Yeah, and we pushed way more than that. Because when sure. I hear people be like, "Oh, I had to push for like two hours," I'm like, two hours in that bad. Two hours is twenty minutes in your head." Yeah, fifty minutes went by yeah. very quickly. But to the, us, at least, the amount of people that kept coming in and just like coming and like standing in front of me, looking at my <laughs> vagina, and being like, "Good, you're doing a great job. Good job." Like, I mean, there must have been ten to twelve people that came in and out. Yeah. Um. And then one nurse like took pictures for us, which was really sweet. So Dr. McClanahan pulled him out, and she held him up for Neil to say what he was. And at that point, so we had a running tally on the board in our room of people guessing if, if the baby was a boy or a girl. And boy won by a landslide the entire time. Yeah, and it was because of his hospital, name. People loved his name so much. People did love his name, but also like if you're if you're not finding out gender, they're hype about it in there. Oh it yeah, gives they them loved something it. to. People came back to like check and see what we had. Yeah. And I get it too. I'd be pumped on that. Yeah. yeah. So I, Neil was convinced it was a girl when we were going into the hospital. I was convinced it was a boy. Wanted it to be a boy, but convinced it was a girl. Yeah. And I still, I mean, obviously it was like, had it was not 100% positive. But when I was pushing and when he came out, it was just like this thing of like, I just knew. I knew he was a boy. Like it, I was not shocked at all when you said it's a boy. Yeah. I mean, were you shocked when you saw that it was I a boy? I was in shock in general. The whole thing was crazy. <laughs> but, I mean, that it was a boy, I mean, I don't know. The only thing I could think about was like, holy crap. Yeah. He's covered in stuff. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I was processing way more than whether or not it was a boy or a girl. Yeah, like, it was. it is. It's a lot to like take in. Like, this is the gender of your baby. Also, you just push a baby out and they're like, there's a thousand people like wiping him down, doing stuff down there, putting like laying him on my chest, yada yada. Like in reality, I was really just like more focused on you. Like I, I was just like, yeah, I knew you were doing that, so I was like, is, is she okay? Yeah. <laughs> so when he came out, I was like, go, it's a boy, and I looked back at Taylor and I was like, we good, we good, okay, <laughs> we're good. Um. So they. Laid him on my chest for a minute, but he wasn't breathing like they wanted him to, so they had to take him over to the warmer and work on him a little bit. And that was very stressful. Um, he needed a little help breathing. Neil kept going over there and checking on him. But I remember It people, was stressful for Taylor, for sure. It was yeah. not stressful for me. Yeah. I mean, I told... Because you could walk over there and see... I could see what was going on. And as I was looking at him, I was like, this is... He's doing great. Because the, the comparison for me was Sayla, like... We had seen her in the NICU. Yeah. And him on this little warming thing. And I was yeah. like, oh, he's. I and didn't they, know, I didn't know he was fine, but it looked to me like, okay, he's in great shape. Yeah. And it wasn't like they immediately, it wasn't like they started doing CPR or anything. Like they, they, he just, he needed some extra suction and then he needed, needed to be on oxygen for a little bit. Yeah. And they were sucking junk out of him. Like, I mean, like he had so much stuff in his well, nose. Well, because he throat. was, it was such a long induction. I think that's probably a lot. Yeah, and he was, he was 10 early. Feet underwater for. <laughs> For forever, and he was a little early, so his lungs needed probably a little bit, a little bit of help. But I had a second degree tear, and Doctor McClanahan was put a few stitches in. She was sewing me up. They had to take him to the nursery for a little bit, um, but they told us it wasn't a big deal. Yada yada. So they wheeled him off, which I was, I was really bummed about because I really wanted to do Golden Hour. Yes, like I really wanted to do skin to skin. I wanted to go ahead and try and breastfeed, um, and this. I mean, the entire experience was, like, so different than what, if you had asked me, like, what's my ideal birth experience, pretty much none of it was. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Was that. So that was really frustrating, and I felt like 
I, I don't know. I mean, like, I know there's a lot of moms who can't do that, and I don't feel like it's, like, it would have drastically changed things, but I think it would have changed a lot of, like, breastfeeding and... Truly. I don't know. It just, it felt like that got, like, robbed from us, which I was really bummed about. Um, so I will tell you from here forward, this is where the trauma kicks in, so if you would like to exit stage left before we get into it, now would be the time. Do so now. So they took him away, and... Um, after they sewed me up and stuff at that point, they keep you up there for a few hours before they move you to mom and baby, like recovery floor. So it was by the time that they finished sewing me up, they had moved roads and like the room had cleared out. It was just me, you and that nurse that we had. Um, I told you and her, like, I feel kind of weird. I feel a little lightheaded. And at that point we just chalked it up to like, I hadn't eaten and Almost 48 hours. Yeah, I mean, she said that was typical. I mean, like, it, yeah. it probably is typical. And, like, my adrenaline, like, your adrenaline's coming down. Like, it was, I just felt really off. Um, And so she was like, well, just keep telling us how you feel, and we'll keep an eye on it. But she was like, I want you to eat, like, a full meal as soon as you can. And and also, like, laboring, or, sorry, yeah, laboring 24 to 48 hours, yeah. not uncommon for an induction. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. For a first induction, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, So... They, um, and like when they, when they delivered Rhodes, you know, obviously they like got clots out then and did all of that. Also asked to see my placenta and I did see it, which I thought was very cool. So, because I think I talked about that on the podcast. I really wanted to see it. Yeah, it was disgusting. (laughs) So they came up to transfer us down to mom and baby. Rhodes was still in the nursery and Neil kept going back and forth to check on him. And I remember I ate a little bit of food, like a snack, and then Mary and my sister brought us dinner later. Moe's. Yeah. Um, but I remember sitting on the floor still and just being like, gosh, felt not on the floor, like on the labor and delivery floor and felt weird. So they moved us over, moved us downstairs. Yeah, Mary didn't bring us food until we got to, to mom and baby. Yeah. yeah. We went downstairs and I just still felt off. Mary brought food. Um, I ate, that was like seven or eight, I think. Cause no, yes. it was like seven. Cause Rhodes came down yeah. at eight. Um, and I, it was like every time I sat up, I felt awful. Like I was like, I just felt really dizzy and and not even really sat up, just like moved, moved. your bed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you were not coming off that bed. No, yeah. I mean, I saw my epidural and everything. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, and they did, my epidural had started to wear off because I could start to feel things down yeah. there. And you didn't have the epidural down there. You you were still feeling the effects of it down there. Yeah, yeah. They didn't Yeah, yeah. Off. I mean, it was out. Yeah. Um. So we had, so we were down, we got down there at like five and then we had shift change um, two hours later. So the nurse that came on, I think nurses are amazing. We've talked about how much we love nurses. We had Megan, an amazing labor and delivery nurse on here. This nurse that we had was not the greatest, um, and I think some things could have been a little different if we had had maybe a different nurse, but, you know, everybody, things happen for a reason, whatever. So Hmm. when (laughs) – Neil's keeping his mouth shut. Yep. So when we had shift change, the nurse that we had before told the new nurse coming on, hey, she's not feeling – she's feeling kind of lightheaded, just keep an eye on whatever. So she kept checking me, um, and for those who haven't had a baby yet, when you're in labor and delivery, they're checking your bleeding, they're pushing on your stomach, they're doing all this stuff like every couple of hours, and they check your vitals. So um, she checked me at one point because I told her the I first s- time she checked you. The first time she checked me, I told her I said, 
because they, they I've I've never had a baby, so I don't know what quote unquote normal is for bleeding. I haven't had one either, but um, and every time I sat up, I felt a huge gush of blood, like yes, a huge gush, and I just figured that was normal. But I told them that I told the nurse that, and so she checked me, and the first time she was like. I mean, it's a little more blood than we like to see, but it's not like it's not like terrible. I to her know. credit, she didn't overplay it, didn't downplay it. Yeah, but and she told Doctor McClanahan. Yes, she did. She messaged her, but at the same time, I was looking at that, and I am not qualified to judge this at all whatsoever. But I was looking at it and going, "Are you sure?" That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, because I, at that point, I was, so she changed, I think she changed my, like, pad and the pad under me at that point and came back. She was like, let's check how much you've lost. That's what she did. She wanted to see how much had come out. So the next time she came back, I had bled through two of those big pink pads and the pad under me and my sheets in, like, what? Yeah. 30 or 45 minutes. It probably wasn't even that long. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, 45 minutes, probably. Yeah. So she was like, okay, we're just going to keep an eye on it. And, and oh, they ordered fluid. They ordered some. Yeah, so after, that was after, but this is after this. After the second bleeding check, they ordered you a half bolus. Okay. Of fluid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To see if that would help. I think bolus is the word. Could be wrong. That sounds right. To see if that would help. So, and then at that point, Rhodes came back down from the nursery around eight or so, and he was doing great. Um, but I was feeling really weird. Like I don't, I don't think I held him because I felt weird. And I don't know. I'm gonna be clear on this. So the doctor ordered that fluid, and it was because I don't know that the nurse was. I don't know. I think there was just communication issues all around because yeah. essentially the doctor ordered that. But later you'll hear when the doctor got down. Like mm-hmm. I think if it was communicated differently to her, how much blood was going on? Which I don't know how. You know, it's all subjective for sure. But Cause she, might she would have, have said, done something different than just fluid. Yeah, like she might have said, oh, it's a mild amount of bleeding. But mild is different to everybody because she wasn't like measuring it and like weighing it. Because yeah. her version of mild and like – or her version of like medium and Dr. McLean's version of medium are probably very different. So and I think for that probably was, 85% of the patients, you don't need to measure it to be exact. Right. I mean, you know, like – Yeah. Yeah. So this is where it kind of gets blurry for me and you'll – probably take over most of it because I don't remember a lot of it but Rhodes came down um, and I don't think I really held him because I felt so off. You held him for about five minutes and then handed him back to me. Yeah. Um, And we hadn't tried to feed yet because of his breathing and so they were like you know just hold off whatever so um, so I remember I sat my bed up and because I had been eating and this is where you can take every because I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah, so Rhodes came in. Um, he had been here for like 30 minutes. Taylor had eaten probably like two, probably like an hour and a half, two hours before this. And I that did not help me feel better, which to me was like a weird thing. So I was like, oh, this well, made me feel so much better. it did make you feel better for a second, but you yeah. were laying down at that point. Like yeah. you were kind of like, I don't know, you weren't all the way up at that point, but like not long after you got done eating that food, you said, I'm feeling a little weird. And again, we chalk it up to blood loss. I mean, that was kind of where it was at. Yeah. So. Um, and just being tired. Yeah. And so then probably around 8 o'clock when Rhodes gets there, it was, yeah. Rhodes gets there at 8. You hold him for about 5, maybe 10 minutes. Say you're not feeling good. Pass mm-hmm. him back to me. 
And, you know, I hadn't, <laughs> important to know, I hadn't eaten since 2.30 either. I was planning mm-hmm. on leaving later because I didn't want Moe's. And I was planning on leaving to go get food later, but I hadn't done that either. Um, so when she started feeling bad, I was like, okay, definitely not doing that. We'll figure that out, you know, when the time comes. But Rhodes, you got on home Rhodes. I put him back in his bassinet. Mm-hmm. Your parents FaceTime. I was mm-hmm. FaceTiming your mom and your dad. And as I was FaceTiming them, it was probably like 8.30 or 9, I was FaceTiming them, and he started crying, and you were looking a little bit rough, so I hung up on them. And then after I hung up on them, I picked him up, I fed him, and then as soon as I started feeding him, probably like two minutes into feeding him, you looked over at me. It was the first time I looked at you, and I was like, Yo, she's she's looking a little like like she she had already lost color. That's this and that, again, this is the hardest issue. I mean, this is the hardest thing about all of it is that like she's lost a ton of blood from the birth in general. So mm-hmm. she's the color's not normal. It's not the face you're used to seeing. And then like most moms look pale after they have a baby. Yeah, yeah. So that was the weird part. So like when you when I'm sitting down feeding him and you look over at me, I was like, okay. This looks off, but I'm chalking it up to it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then when you looked over at me, you looked back immediately and was like, whoa, that's a little dizzy when I look at you. And I was like, okay, maybe just lay still. And you're like, yeah, I'm fine. Because if you know my wife, she is perfect until she's not. I mean, she's because she's a champ, and that's what it is. But she's she's not going to let you know she's in pain. She's not going to let you know something hurts. She's going to hammer through. So one of the things I love about her. But probably like seven minutes into feeding him. So five minutes after the first look, she looks back over at me and. Well, I remember you said something to me cause he was like back behind me to the left in the rocker. And I like, Oh, he did a little smile thing. He yeah, did the yeah. smile thing. And I was like, Hey, look, he's smiling. And she looks over at me. And when she looked over at me, I was like, okay, that's different from five minutes ago. It felt, it felt like it took me 30 minutes to turn and look like when I turned back I was like I am unwell and I my vision started to go and my hearing started to go and what I heard was she looks over at me and I was like look he's smiling she looks over and I'm like whoa she looks weird and I was like you see it and she was like yeah I was like okay here we go so when I told you that I was gonna pass out yeah this is like I'm sitting down and she's like I think I'm gonna pass out and I was like if she's saying she thinks she's going to pass out, I've got five minutes till she passes out. <laughs> so I jumped up and slammed the nurse call button, um, practically threw Rhodes in his bassinet like a football, <laughs> and just ran out in the hall. And It was night shift, so there's not as many people. It's probably 945 at this point. Yeah. And, and our <laughs> nurse is nowhere to be found. Yeah. I had been also... <laughs> Shout out to Tracy here. I had been FaceTiming her at like 8.45. Tracy, my mom. Yes, Tracy, your mom. I had been FaceTiming her, and then she. I was like, hey, I got to go. Taylor's not feeling well, and Rhodes is crying. And then they never heard back from me, so they were freaking out <laughs> yeah. too. But anyways, I get out in the hall, look down the hall, and there's no one there. Mm-hmm. And like the state of mind that I was in, I was like, all right, let me go back in there. She's, she's probably better now. <laughs> <laughs> it had been fourteen and thirteen seconds, maybe. <laughs> she just needed. To she just still. needed. She needed me to leave for twelve seconds. 
So I get back in there. She's obviously still in the same shape. Grab a cough and wet it, throw it on her head. And this is when, I can't remember who was telling us this, but like, hey, like, if at any point you feel nervous about what's going on, start yelling. Because if you don't, like, bad stuff can happen. Yeah. So I said, are you okay? And you were like, I still feel bad, obviously. Put the cloth on your head. And then Mm -hmm. I ran down the hall and was about to start going just AWOL, just screaming. And then I turned the corner and there were three nurses coming this like coming towards our room. And I said, Hey, are y'all coming to 3107? And they said, Yes, we are. And I said, Let's all run together. <laughs> and they said, Okay, great. And they we ran down the hall, got back in the room. Taylor's still looking worse for the wear. And Amber, who was I think the charge nurse that mm-hmm. night. She was the charge nurse. She, she walks in the room and as soon as she sees Taylor's face, she goes, Oh, honey, we need to lay you back. (laughs) (laughs) And they laid Taylor back, and once they pulled the covers off of her and then pulled the bandages off, like, it was the same story as it was the first two times. Time of blood. Probably more this time, obviously, because it had been longer in between. This is the other side note here that's not important, but it's a part of the story. It's like, it had been an hour and a half, maybe two hours since our actual nurse had been back. Yeah, she was uh, she was truly AWOL. Incognito. I mean, just yeah. gone. So, yeah, so say they pull, pull that stuff back, and then she, like, or they pull the covers back, and Amber works on Taylor's stomach, like, pushes down, like, it's essentially the exact same thing Dr. McClanahan was doing. After delivery. Post-op. I mean, post-delivery. But at this point, my epidural is totally gone. Gone. So every, like, I mean. And at this point, it was, like, They've already sewn me up. I've already given birth. I've already done the whole, like, my uterus is exhausted and, like, I'm sore and bruised and all that. Yeah, if you push down with the pressure to ring a doorbell, she's hurting. Yeah. So she pushes down with the pressure to, like, you know, kill an infant, essentially. (laughs) I mean, like, she pushes down hard. But, um, and as she does that, number one, Taylor screams. Number two, I think her organs are falling out of her. I mean, it is just so many blood clots fall out onto the bed. Mm -hmm. And somehow I don't go into shock. I'm just like, okay, we've got people here that know what's going on now. Yeah, because Neil historically is not great with blood. No. But he was a champ. Yeah, when we were going for IVF, I passed out given (laughs) four vials. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. But um, so, yeah, she does that. Works that out, and then Taylor kind of catches her breath because that's insanely painful, and then she does it again. The exact same thing happens, and I'm like, oh, there's the other kidney coming out, <laughs> and she... They were so big, Neil told me that they were bouncing off the bed onto the floor. Yeah, not bouncing, but like... Or like they were falling, they were, whatever. They, yeah, they, it was like a, a... This is graphic, but we gave the disclaimer. Yeah. It was like a pool of them. I mean, it was like a salad bowl, kind Mm -hmm. of. And so, like, if you moved in one way, like, it was falling off. Mm -hmm. So, like, yes. And that did happen. I mean, they were falling off onto the floor if the clots were. And they... So after the second time she did it, I don't know if she had already called the doctor. I mean, this gets blurry for me, too. They also were like, where is so-and-so? Like, our nurse. Yeah, that's the... Like, after the first push, they said, where's... Yeah, her name. Yeah. 
And and they like could not. They were like, I don't know. We've called her. She's we can't find her. Like I don't know where she is. Like she's my like yes. my nurse who's on has me as her patient cannot be found anywhere. Yeah. And from my point of view, from those first like <clears throat> clot removals, it was really painful. I remember it hurting, and I I wasn't crying at that point. It just was like it really hurt. And there were how many people in there at that point? That was maybe just three or four of them. Then it was just three people, and you okay. were just but you were kind of like. You were in and out of it, too. Like, I don't know how much. Oh, yeah. I mean, because I read my chart when I was taking notes for this, and my blood pressure was, like, high 90s over, like, 47, which is, like, very yeah. – or, sorry, low 90s over 47, which is very low for me because my blood pressure is historically higher. 93 over 47. Um, And I was in a cold sweat, and, like, I was aware of what was happening, but, like, very in and out. Like, I felt like I was in, like, a dream state of – like, a dream state. So in between the first or second or after the second push, she goes, we need the doctor. We need to get Dr. McClanahan. Mm-hmm. And the second she says that, the other nurse goes, I've already reached out. She's finishing up a C-section. Mm-hmm. So that lowered my confidence. <laughs> but <laughs> that, that they need the doctor to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I was, it was, I don't know. I was insanely calm and I should not have been. That was yeah, the weirdest was, thing about all of it. It it was, I'm definitely going to have to go to therapy for it, and you probably will too, because not dramatic. No, I'll hang back. <laughs> for sure, I'll be there. It was very, it was very scary. Like, it, it really was. It was a lot to yeah. to take in. So the other nurse goes, hey, I've already called her. She's in a C-section. And they said, okay. And they go, hey, we need to change our sheets. We, she, we, need, we need to change the sheets. And I was like, yeah, we should have done this ages ago. I told our first nurse, yeah. or our actual nurse, that we should do this. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a clean person. I get that there's like a <laughs> redundancy to like, hey, we're bleeding all the time, but like, let's lay in some clean linens. Let's do that. So, anyways, we start changing, and this will just, you know, Taylor won't tell you this, so I will. This will just show you how much of a warrior she was. She's in and out of it. I mean, they're not expecting her to do anything but just lay there, and we start changing the sheets, and Taylor's like realizing that we're doing it. So I'm like lifting up on one leg, and the other nurse is like pulling the sheet off. And in the middle of it, Taylor takes her legs and just freaking, I don't even know what the yoga pose would be called. but I, I did like a bridge, like bridge my Literally up. just up in there. I was like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> and they were like, okay. And we ripped the rest of the sheets off and then got the new sheet on. And again, when the new sheet went on, she was you know, thrusting her hips up in the air. <laughs> and the second that we get the new sheet on, another clot falls out onto the fresh sheet. <laughs> And so me and the other three nurses were just like had a I don't know a weird laugh about it <laughs> like <laughs> a change of par for the course but um so yeah about that time I, this I don't know this may have been an hour that this all takes place or it could have been twenty minutes I don't know it's hard to remember but I think it was a while not long after we had the sheets change there's more nurses rolling in too mm-hmm. like they they come in faster than I mean. One nurse came in and she was seven months pregnant. And I was like, Gosh, "Where she did am- she come from?" She was amazing. Yeah, she was. She was great. She kept you from totally like losing, losing consciousness. consciousness yeah. yeah. So about that time, about the time we finished the sheets, maybe ten minutes after that, Dr. McClanahan does roll in, and they tell her what's happening. And they and keep in mind they're also saving the bandages, they're saving the clots, they're saving everything they're so they weighing, can weigh it, it. Yeah, to see how much blood she's actually losing. And then once McClanahan gets there, she's like, I need to get an ultrasound on her stomach. 
to figure out if she's still got more in there. And she checks in with Taylor, and she's like, hey, I'm sorry. We're going to get this figured out, though. And McClanahan was literally perfect for all of this. She was so cool, calm, and collected. Probably the only person in the practice that could have communicated to Taylor in the way she needed to be communicated to. She was very direct and very, like, I I just needed her to hit me with it straight, and that's exactly what she did. And she stayed level the entire time. Yeah, it was very no bullshit. Here's what we've got. Yeah. Um, So she had the ultrasound on there for maybe like 12 seconds, and she was like, okay. And she rolls up. (laughs) She literally pushed that machine out into the hall by itself, and she said, okay, there's more in there. We're going to have to get them out. She said they're at the top. They're at the top. And then this is where it's important to remember Taylor is a malignant hypothermia risk, Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean they don't want to do surgery because I I think you've had anesthesia before, haven't you? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, it doesn't mean they can't do it. It just needs to be planned. Yeah. So when they see the malignant hypothermia sign up, they go, They have to make a. We don't need to rush into surgery. We need to avoid a rush into surgery at all costs. So she goes, hey, there's more in there. They're at the top. I don't want to put you under because of your hypothermia risk. Because they, norm- they normally would have taken me to the OR. Yes. they. This would have been, hey, let's get in there and figure out what's going on. Yeah, they would have put me under. And she said, hey, I'm going to have to, what was the words that she wrote in her chart? A man- She said, I'm going to have to do a manual exploration. Evacuation. Evacuation. Yeah. And, and she she looked at me and she said, I am so sorry. She said, I'm so sorry. And Taylor said, tell me what's going to happen and how bad it's going to hurt. I don't even know how you said that. I mean, like you were, you were, you were. Because it was already, it had already hurt so bad. And I knew that there was, because it, it also was one of those things of like, I just have to do it. Like, I can't not do it. And yeah. so I want to know like what I'm in for. And you had kind of come back to, this is the other thing too, that was crazy to me, made no sense. As Amber pushed those first clots out. Color came back into your face within 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, okay, blood's leaving the body and she's gaining color. The only thing I could come up with was like, these things need to be out of here. Yeah, like I they're preventing, But I guess they're preventing blood flow. So yeah, yeah. that's why you know, you're losing color. But so Taylor says, hey, you know, what's it going to take and how bad is it going to hurt? And she said, I'm going to have to reach up in there and grab them myself. And I'm going to give you some morphine, and you're not going to know that I've given you morphine. Mm-hmm. And Taylor, being the absolute badass that she is, goes, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, who am I married to here? <laughs> so, And you need to talk about Bailey. Yes. And so about this time, Bailey, who was our favorite nurse from the LND floor, night nurse, she had started walking down to come she was coming to see what we had had if we had a boy or a girl. Yeah, she didn't know if we had a boy or a girl yet, and she wanted to meet Rhodes. Um, and because it's important to note too that most, so this was a massive, massive hemorrhage that I had. Yeah, and it's important to note that most of them happen on L and D floor after birth. Most within, of them within minutes, maybe an hour. Yeah, but most of them do not happen on mom and baby floor. So there's a lot of people in there because it's uncommon for it to happen down there. Right, because keep in mind, babe, Rhodes comes at 3.30. We don't get to the postpartum floor until 6 o'clock. Yeah, and, and this wasn't happening until 10.30. Like, it was seven hours later. Yeah, that you actually start seeing signs of it. So Bailey was coming down because she was 
you know, on her third shift that week and was coming down to meet Rhodes and find out if we had a boy or a girl. She walks in the room about the time McClanahan says, I'm going to give you some morphine. Mm -hmm. She walks in and she looks at Taylor and she goes, okay, I was coming to see the boy, but now I'm going to help out. Let's get going. And it was like, there were seven other nurses in the room. There, yeah, I mean, I'm not imagining that. There were six to eight people in there. Oh, yeah, at least for sure. Yeah. I mean, there were seven, at least, I think it was eight, including Bailey. Yeah. But as soon as she walked in the room, I'm not saying she was the most skilled there. She took over. But it was a godsend because, yeah. like, we felt the most comfortable with her. She yeah. walks in the room. And I don't even know that her and McClanahan conferred with each other. She just, like, knew exactly what was happening. Like, she came in and she was like, hey, we're going to put this IV in this arm. That's where we're going to get the morphine. We're going to put this IV in this arm. That's where we're going to get extra blood in. Just took over everything. And the other nurse that was in there was like, this is where the nurse that we had finally did, like, a guest appearance. (laughs) And she didn't know what to do. Not her job, probably, I mean, on that floor to know. She Yeah, she also was new to the hospital. She'd moved and... Yeah, but Bailey took over and was like... When I that, do remember McClanahan looking at her being like, we're going to do a manual expiration, get this out. Evacuation. And evan- <laughs> sorry. Expiration. It says expiration in your chart, by oh, the way. Okay. Um, but we're going to do this, and then we're going to put in a Jada, and the other nurse didn't even know what a Jada was, and Bailey was like, okay, great. And that's when she starts directing, here, we're going to do this, this, mm-hmm. and this. And she takes over, and... So they lay me back all the way again. All the way back. And this is the part that sucks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they laid her all the way back, and McClanahan put on a glove that went down to her elbow. And <laughs> the entire time this is going on, I'm holding a mini fan beside Taylor's face and going, you're doing great, you're doing great, you're doing we great. We the stroller fan, <laughs> which was amazing. Yeah, it was clutch. And what I remember is... Um, the pregnant nurse, this, she was like seven months pregnant. She was on her knees beside the bed, hold like holding my hand because it people ended up having to hold me down. Yeah, because it was so because I, I I was not my I'll, body was not cooperating with them because it was so painful. No, I'll preface it by saying like most pain I've ever seen somebody in in their life, and yeah, I've, I've been around dudes that have broken their femur before. Yeah. Like it was terrible, terrible. Well, tell them what she was doing because you saw it. So, um, I know what it felt like, but I didn't they see laid it. Taylor back, and then she proceeded to, yeah. I mean, I mean, all the moms that are listening to this know how high up your uterus goes, especially yeah. like during when you have a baby. She reached to the very top of Taylor's uterus, so I mean, I could see her elbow, and that was it mm-hmm. as she was doing the first reach, and like. I'm, obviously, I can't see inside there, but it looked like she was just going from like, I don't know, her left side of her body to her right side of her body and just raking, like mm-hmm. you're raking leaves almost. Which is when I was describing how it felt to people when we were telling people it makes sense because it felt like someone had a baseball bat with nails on it just ramming it inside of me over and over again. Yeah, so she did like... I I would say one swipe. I mean, it took three seconds, maybe. Mm -hmm. But the amount of pain that you were in in those three seconds was enough, I mean, just to knock you out. So while that's happening, I'm holding Taylor's hand, and 
she's screaming profanities. I don't even <laughs> think she knows she's doing this, but was great. I mean, that's what they wanted to see. They wanted to see her talking anything but clenching her teeth. Mm-hmm. And then she goes in for the second one. And at that point, Taylor stopped screaming and was just holding her teeth and her breath. And you could see her face start turning white. And this is when the nurse that was seven months pregnant mm-hmm. looks at Taylor and she goes, stop, look at me, <laughs> open your mouth. I mean, like just, and Taylor she was, was like, you're not going to pass out. Yeah. And like, I was like, oh yeah, this is right. She, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. And like, and then Taylor like <gasps> gave breath back and yeah. was like, that was the only point where I was like, okay, we're going to lose her. We're going to have to revive her. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like you were going to lose consciousness, but yeah, yeah. she kept you from that. And then, yeah, McClanahan pulled her arm back out, and then Bailey jumped in and started shoving that Jada in, which a Jada is, it's essentially like a, I don't know. It's a vacuum. A low-volume suction vag that stays up in and continuously sucks out clots or blood throughout the night. But when they put that in, that's when I, I remember that's when I was begging them to stop. Yes. And that's when I was, like, crying. Because mm-hmm. to me it was like, if it hurts and I'm like bearing down or I'm screaming, it was like helpful kind of, you know, kind of like a release. But then at that point it just hurt so bad. And I just felt so like, yeah, God, please stop doing this. Like I would give anything for this to be It over. looked like it was like two really, really sharp pains, like a knife stab yeah. to a really dull, like just pinching a nerve kind of thing. Yeah. And that was like, like the Jada was the most, but. And they had to leave that up there for 12 hours. Yes. But you were so exhausted at that point that, like, it didn't look like after they left that that was still. I mean, that was nothing compared to what, when they were, like, manually getting them out. It was nothing compared to that. Yeah. And so. And then they had to put a catheter back in because I couldn't get out of the bed. Yeah. So I'd have the catheter, too, without the epidural. Like, all of that was completely unmedicated, and they normally would put you under anesthesia for that. Um. Yeah, and this is probably like 10, 30, 11 when they finished this. Yeah. I called Taylor's – we get done with that to Taylor's mom at sending me like eight texts. me like, is everything okay? And I'm like, let me fill you in. <laughs> so, yeah, I forgot about that catheter. Yeah. Yeah, old Florence Nightingale didn't tighten the catheter off, so <laughs> I stepped in a puddle of pee at 2 a.m. It was, it was a rough night with, with her, the nurse, but Florence. it was – yeah, so they had to leave that in for 12 hours, and I – oh, and so they did – are you okay? <laughs> I got two blood transfusions because I lost so much blood. Yeah, right after that they said, we're going to give you two bags of blood. Which mm-hmm. at the time, both me and Taylor were like – they brought in these forms and paperwork for her to sign. But to us, it just made sense. I was like, all right, she didn't get blood. Yeah. And then – but we didn't think anything of it until like two days later when – I, we were telling people the story, and they were like, "We're like, yeah." And then she got two bags of blood, and they're like, "Oh, she got blood!" And we're like, "Yeah, she lost a ton." But yeah. I guess that's the signal for people in that community to be like, oh, really like something went down if yeah. you got two bags of blood." Yeah. yeah. Um. So McClanahan was like, "You know, we're just gonna watch it. That Jade is gonna stay overnight." They took it out the next morning, and it had it stopped collecting clots after a couple hours, but it was still getting stuff out for a while. Yes. Um, so she came by the next morning and, um, 
she she was like, I'm so sorry I had to do that. That was that was awful. You know, normally it doesn't go down like that. And we asked That was when it was clear to me that like that would have been a surgery, I think. I could be wrong on no, that. It but been. that would have been a surgery. It would have been. That's yeah. what happened to your cousin Carrie. Well, she went mm. she went under. Like it's it is a surgery. Um Shout out Zig. So she and then Amber came by and everyone who came in, like almost everyone who was in the room the night before came by the next day. And the yes. first thing they would say was what? I don't remember. Your color looks so much better. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> like everyone was like, oh my gosh, you look so much better. And I still was so pale. Like, yeah. Cause I mean, Neil said at the time I was like a dry race. It, it was board. weird because like, like even like if you remember back, so 20 minutes ago when I was saying this, like when I was sitting in the chair with Rhodes and I would look over at her, her face was pale, but her lips were still hanging on to some color. Mm-hmm. When she looked back over the second time, her lips were like a dry erase board. And I was like, okay. Like almost going purple kind of thing. Like yeah. it was, it was weird. Yeah. Um, so everyone came and checked on us again. And Bailey came by in the morning when she got off before she went home and she came by and we asked, we asked her, we were like, so how often does that happen? How common? She's like, it is not, which I want to say this too for anybody listening, for anyone who might be. This is Amber, actually. That I'm sorry, this. Amber, yeah. yeah. I didn't even remember Amber. I had, Neil had to read research to me because I knew Bailey, but everyone else was like a blur because I was so out of it. She was also a savior, too. I loved her. Yeah, she was amazing. So she said, she said it happens like once every three months. And you got to think about how many babies they deliver at the hospital. She said it happens one every three, once every three months, and it comes in like a wave. Like we'll have like three or four people it happens to. Because it happened to someone else that night on our floor, which is crazy. Yeah, they said I averaged 270 babies a month. Yeah, so it's it's very rare. It's not common. I don't want people to listening to be worried about it. Um, and they think it happened because my induction was so long and my uterus was just really tired. And it couldn't get out the clots like it should have. Um, but I remember Bailey came by in the morning and she also was like, I'm so sorry. That was so awful. And... um. I remember saying, like, I hope I never have to experience any pain like that again. And she said, I can almost guarantee you that you'll never feel some feel anything like that ever again in your life. Like, it was truly, like, I don't even have words for it yet. I'll probably talk about it next season as I process it more <laughs> once I've gone to therapy. But, because, it, I mean, it really, like, when I think back to that experience, like, I don't have a lot of, like, positive, I mean... Giving birth, like the actual like giving birth to Rhodes was amazing, and I would do that over and over again. But outside of that, like it's just the whole experience is. I mean, it was not like a great one. Like it was. A it hor- just all happened to us. There wasn't. Yeah, like it was a- horrifying. Um, and I just like when I think back to oh, I had a baby. The first thing I picture is being held down by people and like begging them to stop, but knowing they had to keep going so that I wouldn't lose my uterus or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like what I think of. And it was horrible. So we had to stay for a couple of days because I mean, a couple of days longer than we should have because they had to watch. Like, no, the- it was actually only two days post. It was two days. That's typical. We left on time. Which was crazy. Oh, you're right. You're right. They were just, they kept me longer that day. Yeah. They had told me it might be longer. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But um, my hemoglobin came back up and, and it was fine. They were checking my blood and stuff. Um, but obviously I was super weak and recovery was brutal. Truly. Um, And feed, breastfeeding was a whole thing. Like I can talk about that more later. We've already talked so long. Was this an hour and 15 minutes already? 
Um, the wheelchair exit was necessary, not precautionary. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I couldn't. I So I got the epidural at 12.30 or 2 o'clock that Monday, and I didn't walk until, was it the day we got discharged? Yeah, you walked but like four steps to the truck. Well, no, you helped give me a shower. Yeah, that's right. That's Neil right. bathed me and washed my hair and that. I mean, like, that's when I knew, like, this is... Because I'd heard from people, like, postpartum is really hard. You're really sore. You have to, like, you know, you're wearing diapers. You need to do the peri bottle, all this stuff. But it was, like, all of that. Plus, I was, like, medically anemic. Like, they had written on my chart, like, you're anemic now until further notice. And, like, you need to have a follow-up appointment next week. Like, and on top of that, like, I had a second-degree tear and I'd had... Dr. McClanahan's hand inside of me and vacuum inside. Like I was so bruised and sore. Like I couldn't sit. I had to lay down for the first couple of days at home. Like I couldn't sit. I could barely walk. I was shuffling everywhere. Like it was horrible. And I was so weak. Like I could not do anything. Thank God for Neil and my mom. My mom came and stayed with us for pretty much 10 days. And, um, including when she was there with Sayla and she did everything, Neil did everything, and Neil was very frustrated with me because I kept trying to do things. <laughs> yeah, it was annoying. Um, but it was it was pretty bad. And that first night we came home, we went and sat in the sunroom, and my mom was putting Sailor to bed, and that was the first time we were, like, by ourselves since the whole thing. And we both just sat there and cried because Neil looked over at me, and he said, I'm just so glad that y'all are both here and home. <laughs> You okay? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> what? I just, and I, I mean, the f- the first night we laid, when I laid in the bed, I sobbed because I was, like, so afraid something's going to happen. <laughs> Should I tell about the... Definitely tell them. <laughs> and then we'll wrap it up. So the second night we were in, like, after Rhodes was born. So that first night... The Jada was in whatever. Oh, it's also important to note that Rhodes, you okay? Quiet through all of it. Rhodes slept through the entire, the entire hemorrhage. Like, did not make a peep, which I still cannot believe. Hour and 15 minutes, probably the whole thing. Which was totally the Lord, because if he had started crying and freaking, like, it would have just added to the chaos. He's not doing that now, by the way. <laughs> no, he's not. So the second night... um, I guess that was the night before we were released. They're doing all of the newborn screenings and everything. And it's, you know, he's feeding every three hours. They're checking me every three hours. They don't line up. So you're not sleeping anyways. And on top of it, like, I'm so incredibly exhausted from induction and then what happened to me after birth. So our night shift nurse that night was deaf in one ear. She was super sweet, but she couldn't hear. She was really sweet, though. Very sweet. Couldn't hear anything, though. She was a night shift nurse. So it's quiet. So... At like 1 a.m. at one point. So I, at this point, am, I, it was so scary because it was like, it just, the, the further we got away from the event, the more I was like, man, that could have been really bad. Like, and it's just one of those things of like, something could have happened to me, Sayla, Rhodes, Neil, like just me not being here. Like it was a whole thing. Like I won't talk about a lot because I'll cry. Um, but so I'm laying there in bed, and so my Thompson's disease that I have that makes me a malignant hypothermia risk, I get muscle twitches, and it happens, it's worse when I'm dehydrated. And I was obviously incredibly dehydrated from the whole ordeal. 
So I am laying in bed at 1 a.m. and I am twitching excessively, but it feels like when you're like falling asleep and you feel like you're falling and your body like jolts you. Neil said he saw my body do it a few times and it wasn't as big of a deal as I made it out to be. (laughs) I mean, yeah. No, nothing crazier than like, you know. It was just like a full body twitch. Everybody has like a sudden jerk when they're going to sleep. But they were happening more frequently. It was like happening every time I tried to fall asleep. So it's 1 a.m. Not every 12 seconds, though. No, I'm exhausted. (laughs) And I keep having these twitches. And so, you know, I had high blood pressure. I'm, you know, it's not high now. Obviously, it wasn't high then because of the blood loss. But I was laying there being like, okay, I could have a seizure. Like, and so my best friend Rachel has epilepsy. And I texted her, and she happened to be awake because she's pregnant and was had insomnia. I texted her, and I was like, hey, I remember you telling me you have these, like, big jolts and twitches before you have, like, a grand mal seizure. And so we were texting, and she was like, yeah, whatever. And so I convinced myself at 1 in the morning that I was about to have a seizure. So <laughs> I texted our nurse and said, can you come by when you get the chance? And she walks in, and I'm already crying. I'm sobbing. My hormones are all over the place. I'm sobbing. She comes in. Neil and Rhodes are asleep. I'm trying not to wake them up, and I'm trying to communicate to her what yeah, I need to I'm tell her. A, I'm in the fifth dimension of this Neil's point. gone. Uh, Neil's like, yeah. Neil's deep, deep yeah. REM. So I look at the nurse, and I my first sentence is, I promise I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that kind of sobbing where you're trying to talk and <laughs> it's, yeah, it just doesn't yeah. like you can't communicate. And I'm trying to talk and she's like turning her good ear towards me, looking at me like I'm insane. Meanwhile, her bad ears just soaking up the entire sound machine right to her right. <laughs> I, said, I promise I'm not crazy. My best friend has epilepsy and I'm pretty sure that I'm about to have a seizure. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I'm just picturing this woman being like, holy crap, where's your friend? Did I check on her? Is she near us? <laughs> like, what? Like, she was knocking all the information. She was so confused. So I told her, I was like, I keep having these big jerks and I my blood pressure, blah, blah, blah. And full like, crocodile tears down yeah, the face I'm just at this point. Totally rambling. Like, and so she like listens and she was so sweet. She was like middle aged. And so when I was done, she was like, sweetie. You, I read your chart. Um, You had a massive, massive hemorrhage. You You lost a lot of blood. You lost a lot of blood. You just had a baby. Your hormones are going crazy. You're really tired. She said, you're not about to have a seizure. You need to go to bed. (laughs) You need to go to sleep. Shut up. (laughs) Neil Neil wakes up and looks at me, and he's like so bleary-eyed, and he's like, what is going on? And then I'm like, what was happening? Because I'm sobbing. So I go get on that couch with Neil and I <laughs> which just, was so shockingly comfortable by the way it was very comfortable yeah I sobbed for probably a solid five minutes and just was like I'm so afraid to go to sleep I'm afraid something's gonna happen because it was like the whole thing with the massive hemorrhage was I didn't know it was happening inside my body you know like yeah. it was one of those things of like it was happening yeah. for hours and I had no idea whereas I was thinking as you were saying I'm so afraid to go to sleep it's I don't know what's gonna happen I'm like look I was just there it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you should try, try it. it. You need to <laughs> shut up and try it. You would love sleep. <laughs> yeah, you would love sleep. <laughs> and, she, and she was sobbing, and I was like, hey, why don't you eat one of these melatonin I have? <laughs> she took a half of a five milligram melatonin and went into a different dimension. Was gone. Oh, boy. So that is the birth story. <laughs> <And> yeah. <laughs> 
It was something. So, I don't know. What's the moral of the story there? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Pay was legit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I'm sure there'll be more processing of it to come, but that is kind of the story. Obviously, we're still in the middle of it, but... Um, we still have questions from people. Yeah, I think we've answered most of them. Someone, we had had us ask some questions, asked four questions on Instagram. Someone asked about finding out he was a boy. Excuse me, what that was like. We talked about that, what things were different, good, bad, harder than you expected. I feel like um, um, everything. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I would say, like, good was like the epidural was amazing. <laughs> bad, harder than I expected. It was like, Everything else. Like the part where you almost died. That was harder. I mean, I don't know. It was harder. <laughs> For sure. I mean, it really, like the whole experience was just not at all what we expected. But we also had no expectations. Like, yeah. I mean, if we have another baby biologically, like, I think as long as it, it's just like somewhat normal, we'll be like, that was amazing. We're going to try again? <laughs> <laughs> Um, how do you feel like you're handling processing it? I feel like we, I cried so, so much those first few weeks at home. I mean, like truly constantly. Yes. Um, so physically I feel, I turned a corner this past week. I would say I felt so much better. Like I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go to the gym. I'm ready to like get back to normal life. Um, I still need to chill a little bit though. Yes. I'm able to do more because I really I'm was glad like, you guys could get a full picture of what I'm working with here. Two days after <laughs> surgery, she's like, let's do a marathon today. <laughs> the anemia is finally like kick, like finally leaving. Yeah. Um, Cause I really, I mean, I could not, I could barely walk around the house for the first week. Um, I shouldn't have any energy. Excuse me. But as far as like emotionally processing it, I definitely have like shut off from it for now because mainly because like we have a newborn and I have to, survive that right now so i will be processing that once we are out of the newborn haze i am going to go to counseling um because if we did get pregnant again i know that i would need to process that before i got pregnant again because i think that i would go into like a deep dark spiral would probably be a solid idea yeah um what about you how do you feel like you're handling processing it um i don't know i don't think i processed it Huh. I mean, I don't think I've processed it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's helped to like, I don't know. There's a couple dudes that I talk to that I fill in and like just talking through with them helps process it. I mean, because yeah. even leaving there, there wasn't this like great feeling of like, this was crazy. It wasn't until after, mm-hmm. it wasn't until we sat down in the sunroom when your mom was with Sayla. Both of them, or like when Rose was asleep and yeah. your mom was with Sayla that I was like, what the heck? I mean, and I had some, yeah, I don't know. I haven't processed it yet. I had I had some really vivid dreams, like, before we went to the hospital mm-hmm. about, like, losing you and stuff like that. Me that, bleeding out. Yeah, so how that didn't enter my head during all of that, I don't know, but it didn't once, yeah. which was totally a godsend. But, like, yeah, I mean, waking up in a cold sweat, I mean— <laughs> FYI, that last week we were pregnant, we didn't sleep in the same bed because Taylor was snoring so loud. <laughs> but I would wake up in the guest room, it just ended up like in a cold sweat, stressed yeah. out. So, and then what you dreamed about happened, which is crazy. Yeah. So, 
have a how um how do you feel like you're handling process? I'm not processing it yet. So, but I will do that. We, I, we will. I mean, cause yeah. we, we both need to. It just is right now. It's like we have to just get through having a newborn that's awake and eating every two to three hours. Yeah, and a toddler. I haven't seen my counselor in about two years, so we're due to hook back up. We're about to give him a lot of money, yes. and whoever mine's going to be. <laughs> um, things that were helpful during recovery. So we'll talk about that. We're going to do things we're living really quick. I know this is a long episode, so yes. sorry, guys. It is the last episode of the season. Um, so this is, I guess, soak it up. That's why it's longer. Okay, so we're going to do <laughs> newborn slash postpartum things we're loving. Um, so I have ta- one. Taylor has five. Talk about your hack. Mine is while we were in the hospital. I obviously the nurses do this because it's their job, but I noticed they change diapers with a glove on, and then when they finish, they just like hold on to the diaper and then pull the glove off, and the diapers inside the glove. Mm-hmm. So I've been changing diapers with a glove. I went, I bought. We've had four boxes of gloves in our house since he was born. Yeah, I bought five hundred gloves for like twelve dollars on yeah. Amazon, and, and it's amazing. It's great. You literally change the diaper with a glove on, so you're not even stressed about when you're wiping. Yeah. And then when you get done, you just hold it all in your hand and then pull the glove off like you're pulling a sock off your feet. So. Yeah. Oh, and talk totally about... Totally worth it. Talk about the thing that's in the den that you found on Amazon. What? Oh, yes. This little folding... I mean, is it... I don't know. Our house... We just moved into a bigger house, mm-hmm. and it's all one floor. And this would definitely be a hack if you have two stories, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but our house is like, you, you got to pack a lunch to walk from our bedroom to the <laughs> kitchen. Like, it's insane. So we have a changing table. We change in the, probably the most in the bedroom at night. And then at the living room during the day, instead of having to walk back to the bedroom or his bedroom to change him, I bought this little thing for like, I don't know, 55. It's like 70 bucks. 60, 70 bucks, yeah. But it's like a folding, like, changing, changing table. Station, and yeah. It's got like... Yeah, the, he can sit up there. You can buckle him in if you're, you know, that safety cautious parent, which I don't do. But <laughs> you can. But it's it also baskets had, on the side. Yeah, has little baskets on the side where you can put the diapers and stuff. And so. it would definitely be worth because I know some people will set up like a pack and play as a changing station. Um, if they have like yeah, much smaller footprint, multi yeah. multi story houses. It is, and it's so it's better for your back too because it's higher. So high. I mean, it's yeah. like yeah, it's up up to my. I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> just, okay, and then right. I got this little nightlight. I saw a mom who gave birth like a month before me posted about this nightlight. Um, and gosh, Amazon has gotten so much of our money the last couple of months. I remember when it came in, Neil was like, are you serious? And it is a great purchase. Yeah. It's a little tap nightlight that you can tap To be it. clear, we spent like 2500 on Amazon last like <laughs> two months probably. <laughs> it's a rechargeable nightlight. It dims, it gets brighter, and you can move it all around with you. I've been using it for nursing. We use it in the hospital. It is insanely awesome. It is great. It was like $15. It was amazing. The baby shusher, which also was another purchase that when I got, and it was like, this is so stupid. Now we love it. It's like a portable sound machine, but it's literally someone going, shh, shh, shh. Yeah. It's very annoying to you, but your baby loves it. But, dude, it works like a charm. It does. Um, if your baby's hungry though and you put it beside his ear he's still gonna cry he's hungry but <laughs> if you're trying to get him to go to sleep it works great and then recovery wise the Freedom Mom disposable underwear is amazing I like kind of want to keep buying it and wearing it at night because it's so great 
It is two dollars a pair, though, guys. It is Just a lot. letting you know that it's two dollars a pair. I will say the mesh underwear they sent home from the hospital was not as awful as I thought it was going to be. No, I thought um, it was great. But that Freedom Mom underwear when is, I wore it is so great. <laughs> I bought like four packs of it, and then those ice packs. Like, God, wore the crap out of those things for weeks. Um, yeah, I was wearing those, those way longer great. than most people did. I think just because of the life. <laughs> Just because she needed them for longer because she was very sore. Yeah. Um, and that upside down Perry bottle was worth it. And they sent you home with the little spray water bottle. It's also Frida. Freedom the moral Mom. of the story is invest in Freedom Mom. They're doing something right over there. Yeah. Um, but they, that upside down bottle just made it so much easier, especially like for someone like me who had a lot more trauma to my vag. I just, I was spraying a ton all the time and it was just easier to have it be. Upside down. <laughs> Neil's dying that I said bad. I just can't believe you're dropping badge on there. Like me saying the D word or something. It's just weird. It's a mom podcast. I just remembered I feel like an important thing to communicate how awful I felt that first week and a half was from the day that I gave birth on May 2nd to the following Sunday. I lost, I had lost 25 pounds. 28 pounds. 28 pounds of fluid blood. Like, that was not like, oh, I lost 28 pounds of fat. Like, I lost that much blood and fluids. I think volume. you left your soul at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is... 28 pounds of soul. I should tell you how awful, how awful I felt. Um, but, yeah, recovery was just, I I don't know. What else did I use for recovery? I still slept with a pillow between my legs for a couple of days. But those for the Freedom Mom stuff really is worth the hype. It's always and they are great for sure. Yeah. Um I didn't use dermaplast or any spray or anything. Um so anything else you wanna add? Uh, you bought like fourteen ice packs and heat pads. Yeah. Any of those were good? Mm-hmm. No. I don't know. I'm I'm running out of things. I am I'm proud like, to say that we returned more to Amazon than we ever have to. So yeah, we that's did. a plus. All right, well, I think that's everything. Anything else you want to add to this hour and a half episode? Thanks for stopping by, San Diego. (laughs) Okay, well, that is the end of our season. We will be back um, at the beginning of the fall. Carly and I will be back. Maybe we'll have an episode or two come out over the summer. I don't know. We did that last summer as a little fun surprise. But as always, thanks for hanging out and getting messy with us. We'll see you next season. Yes, see you next season. Dave and I will be back. Promise. (laughs) Bye. Bye.